to the Polygon Show, the best hour you'll ever hear of people talking about video games and today also cartoons. Yay. Yay. It's such an enthusiastic sound from Lega Frank, who is in front of me, me, Simone de Rochefort. And we're also joined today by Chelsea Stark. I'm sort of in front of you. Yeah, you're kind of diagonal. Kitty corner for me. Kitty corner, I love that yeah. one. Yeah. And Ashley O. Hi. You kind of made a grimace at the kitty corner comment. Do you have anything to say to that? No. Okay, thank you for filling in. <laughs> well, uh, exciting show today. We're going to be returning to talking about Shira and also a couple games that we love, including Return of the Obra Dinn and the Tetris Effect. But before we get into all that, here is a brief message from our sponsors at LEGO. Before they were designing Lego sets, many of the creative minds at the Lego group were kids like us who received a special gift, leading them down a path to build worlds made of plastic bricks. This year, spark curiosity and start your holiday traditions at the Lego store. With the largest assortment of unique sets available for the special person on your list, there is something for everyone. Every gift has a story. Start building your story today. Learn more at lego.build slash polygon. That is again, lego.build slash polygon. Thank you so much, Lego, for sponsoring this episode of The Polygon Show. Well, well, well. I am very excited to talk about the first game that we're going to talk about today, which is Return of the Obra Din. So for our listeners out there, uh, this week we had to turn in our ballots for Game of the Year voting. And I'm not going to say anything about the results of that. But because of that, I think we were all kind of crunching on games that we had maybe skipped earlier this year. Allegra's looking really shady right now. Ashley and I were talking on, I think it was Monday, saying that we just spent the weekend playing Pokemon. (laughs) Okay, some of us were crunching. Some of us were crunching on Monday night up until midnight when we had to turn in our ballots. No, you know what? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. Except you shouldn't be proud of me, though, because I did the same damn thing last year and is bad. And what I should do is instead of playing Zelda all year long and then very quickly playing a lot of small games, I should just, you know, space those things out. Anyway. Some of us played Return of the Obra Dinn, which is a point-and-click murder mystery game. And it's fucking great. So fucking good. So, Ashley, I know I was surprised to hear that you had played this also, because Chelsea and I were talking about it all week, and I I kind of didn't see you last week because it was Thanksgiving. Uh, What made you start playing Return of the Obra Dinn? Um, Well, it came highly recommended, like, too highly recommended to the point where I was like, I don't need to play that. (laughs) But um, I think, actually, I had more or less finalized my personal top 10, and I wanted to play it on this past Monday, actually. Mm -hmm. But uh, for various reasons, I couldn't, and then Plant actually had an extra code. So I played that. I crunched on that Monday. Um, and what ended up happening was that game shuffled my whole list and oh, I no. ranked it at number two. Wow. Like, that's how highly I thought of it. I did the same thing. In terms of like how innovative that game is and how there's no other game really like that, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Like, no, I did not finish it. I don't think I will <laughs> ever like complete that whole book, but. Um, This is the kind of game, much like her story, if anyone's played that, where you start going through and then you grab a notebook and you start taking fucking notes. Oh, my God. I had a notebook. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about getting and like bringing up a notebook, but I was too like glued to my laptop. But after a Mm -hmm. while, I kind of regretted not like writing down. I tried to make mental notes. I'm like, no, Ashley. It was like, that guy's the Russian guy. That guy's the Russian guy. That guy killed three people. That guy. The guy that, yeah, that guy. We, that guy. I played it with Sean and we'd started to come up with nicknames for people where we'd be like, Sandwich. He Ooh, looked, that's sandwich. Helpful. Yeah, because you're like, oh no, Sandwich is back or Big Collar is back. <laughs> Ascot's back. Yeah, you, so you do start seeing. So a lot of the game is looking at recreating the past mm-hmm. and looking at people 
and trying to identify them through like the dialogue that you're hearing in these recreated scenes. So a lot of it is just seeing these faces over and over again and trying to piece together the story of that person based on where they've been yeah. on this ship that has gone through a tragedy, which I won't elaborate on. But can I, well, can yeah. I give the Go concept of the game? Like the, the concept is you're an investigator going to the Oberden, which disappeared at sea four mm-hmm. years before and then returned somehow to port. That is unclear. Um, and you're an investigator, and basically you have a magic stopwatch that you're given that allows you to see the scene of their death and like then about 40 feet surrounding that scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like the instant of their death, and then you could see everyone that's present in that scene. And then you you are also given a book of the, the names of the 60 crew members and all these chapters that eventually fill out as you discover more scenes, and you're asked to figure out who is every person in this in the book and how did they die? Sixty freaking people. Sixty freaking people. Wow. It's the and you, I think like the thing that really is intimidating at first, but blows you away, was like, yes, you have to identify them. How they died. Um, if they were killed by another person, who were they killed yeah. by? Like yes. even that, you can't even say like, oh, this dude was stabbed. It's like, yeah, he was stabbed. But then they're Good like, job genius. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> by whom? And then I look at the book and I'm like, uh, that guy, that guy, know. that guy. And even the you know the little snippets with um, sound and dialogue, like those are so short. Like mm-hmm. I think that some of them last like under thirty seconds. And some of them are just screaming, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of like struggling noises and like yeah. maybe three people going and then like wooden noises and then like a like a gunshot. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, but the. Um, yeah, we should probably say that the scenes you hear before you see the scene, you hear the dialogue and noises, but there's only mm-hmm. subtitles and it's just a black screen. So there's no sure. there's no like visual paired. So you don't even know the speakers all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I, I realize that you can actually, I mean, if you want, skip through that. So you can still hear the dialogue while looking at the scene. But I think like for me, I could concentrate better yes. on the sound. Like if I just wasn't looking at it and it was just like, right, the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was very tricky. And first, I didn't really know what was going on. I actually didn't have anyone tell me what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even look it up. I just started playing it. So I was, you could imagine I was walking around. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I thought there would more, be more adventure and mystery. And then like once I started to play it, I was like, oh, oh, there's all the mystery. There's so much. There's so many points when the game would like unlock a new chapter or yeah. layer where I would gasp and be like, <gasps> mm-hmm. and it's so great when things fit together. Yes. Like I, I definitely, so you can go back and mm-hmm. replay parts, like scenes that you have already seen, which is great because it, it really helps you like click some of those faces. And I definitely like went back to the first one a few times as I was learning the ropes of the game to be like, okay, I, I do understand how this works now and who these people are. Um, yeah, yeah. It, especially because the game is played in reverse chronological order. So you see mm-hmm. the final the final deaths at the end, but you're like, well, why are they? Why? Why did that happen? Yeah, I think in the beginning. So when we when I was playing the that last chapter, right in the beginning, I was so confused. Right, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yes, I'm sure this is like how they died. And then once I actually got to the penultimate chapter, I got even more confused mm-hmm. because it was pretty clear. Like, <laughs> yes, that's the ending. But then once you get to the penultimate chapter, I'm like, wait, am I supposed to know these people or what's going yeah. on? But like you said, it does sort of fall into place. But um, like, you know, Simone, as you said, when you can replay each scene, I think like the more painstaking part about that is that there are memories that are nested in other memories. Uh. So if you want to go back to like, I remember I was trying to search for a specific one and I was walking around the deck and I was like, it was here. I saw the dude here. Why can't I find him? And then I realized I was like, you idiot. It's nested within another one. And you got to travel through and find the like, it's a whole thing. So, yeah, it does it's, help immensely to like yeah. write shit down. It's, which I should do. The, it's not always good at showing you too because it'll show you the map, their location. And I'm like, I the yeah. maps are incomprehensible. The maps are totally. Mm-hmm. I would say like I think this game is brilliant, but I think sometimes the UI is like, okay, you're being difficult for a reason, and I respect that. And sometimes I'm like, the UI is bad here. Mm-hmm. It could be better. Why? Mm-hmm. So this is actually really helpful because I have not played this game yet. Um, <clears throat> so I really had no frame of reference. 
Um, so like you guys describing how this works makes a lot more sense because I was talking to Russ Frushtick, co-host of the History of Fun, a fellow Polygon podcast, about like the game and how he said it was really great. And he was like, oh, how long it takes you depends on how smart you are. Well, and it made me think wow, of like, thanks. And so Good I was job. like, I'm a dumbass. I was like, so I shouldn't play it then, right? And he was like, eh, probably you shouldn't play it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. What? <laughs> what? <That's laughs> no. No. I mean, I instigated it, it but also. 13 hours and that was two people playing the game together. Yeah. So did you and like, think about facial recognition. Yes. That's not a, yeah. That's a, but is there another game you guys can think of as like by way of comparison? Cause like I am starting to understand Ooh. how it works based off what you're saying but based off like there are other people who have described it in such a way where like yeah I'm thinking it's like The Witness or some other no. destructively hard game the thing, I mean that's mm -mm. why I think it, it really did land that number two spot because I can't think of any other game that is like that like that uses sort of this this log book and like it gives you the answers but you need to fill them in plus like the whole 3d inspection and moment of their death and like what's interesting about that is that it's not even like oh it's the same every time like i've had memories or death scenes in like the gun deck but for some reason in that memory i can walk up the stairs and see like two groups of people doing different shit on the top deck mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. having to wonder like why is this significant like why am I able to see these people here and like it's such a I mean maybe I don't play that many mystery games but like there is a very clear like web that's going on and you gotta figure it out and I'm an idiot because <laughs> it I mean I'm playing it alone I actually didn't realize so what you're talking about with you I Chelsea I think I have to make an embarrassing confession, which is like an hour and a half into playing this game. I think like, so I didn't really um, click anywhere in the little log book that they give you. Mm -hmm. So I think I didn't realize that like I could click on the picture and it'll show like this person was in seven memories that you've seen. That, yeah, or, that, that is mm -hmm. not clear yeah, and like the logbook just well, anything about the logbook I, I thought is not so clear. I knew about the logbook but I did not know that like because I saw like this unknown soul met an unknown fate and I didn't know that clicking on different yep. parts of that sentences is like the thing you edit in your logbook and I was like oh my god so I just I just been walking I mean it was cool that I was walking around for an hour and a half like you know trying to piece this together but I feel like it was way too late for me to be like Oh, yeah, I was that's like when I to be doing this. <laughs> that's when I had to go back and watch the first one all over again and be like, "Fuck, okay, he's being fucking stabbed." Okay, I'm writing it down now. Yeah, there's so many moments where you're like, "Oh, this this is a smart thing, but it's not necessarily told to you." It took me like way too late to be like, when you're identifying people, you can identify them as an unknown and then version of the like crew that they are, like an unknown top man. Or an unknown oh steward. Oh my god! Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, that guy's always in the ropes. He must be a top man." Then, like, but that's what a top man does. That's what a top man does. <laughs> Bottom man, not Wait, in the book. But <laughs> so, like, you do have to assign him unknown specifically. But you can say unknown top man, so you can then narrow down all the other top men. But 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 <laughs> then the but worst. I thought there that meant that um, among the sixty that there are a select few who are just permanently nope. unknown. Nope. I thought that too. What? No, that just means God you can just name it. them unknown so and so, like unknown, like unknown steward. That way, you can use their military rank to narrow them down in the photo. Oh my God! The way it looks in the logbook, right? It, it's like sometimes unknown is like nestled in between different classes. Yes. No, so I really, like, I thought oh, literally the same. What? Thing. Okay. Well, I'm glad you told me because I keep playing this game wrong. <laughs> It's, but it's not clear, and it's I so, like I said. Sometimes it's like, oh, the old timey graphics make it hard on purpose, and that's yeah. cool. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, mm, please, like you get nested in so many layers of things, and especially yeah. if you're using your keyboard, you're like, oh, I hit tab, oh. no, I hit Q, no, yeah. what do I do? Sometimes I get so lost also just navigating that fucking because book. Because it was like you know the point dot. I don't even yeah. know what to call it. Um, that art style is super cool, mm. though. With like the man the types of crew members as well with that art style it's just like man they all look the same they're all these old bald gruffy white people what do i do it's so it's, it's so, so true you know and i'm just like yes there's gruffy white men with the funny ascot but there's also another one that has like a slightly larger ascot <laughs> and mm. like i have to differentiate the different ascot men or one guy shows sort of his chest hair so i have to be oh. like okay yes i, I think that that's 
You all have this. Mr. Have Chester. the same hats. <laughs> Every time I see the guy with the tattoos, I'm like, yes, tattoo man. I easily recognize. Oh you. my god, I do too, but I don't know. Who he is. I don't know. Who he is. And, then, and then I'll tell you diffi- after the recording. The difficulty marker, and then and then I didn't see this until like fucking. 10 hours into this freaking game that they're like these tiny little arrows sometimes oh. on top of like, yeah, the, the character portraits on each page. And then I think I accidentally clicked on it because like you said, it's like a little hard to maneuver on your keyboard. And it was like, this is like your deduction rating, right? Three being that this is probably like, you probably don't have enough information, so it's best that you leave it till later. Oh my God. And, so, and then, th- so they were like, you can, but like, we don't really recommend, but the dude with the tattoos has a one, and I'm like, I don't know who you are. I've seen you everywhere, and I know He's how you. Do- we literally, we literally just <sighs> guess based on like, and sometimes, oh, also it lists the nationality of people. So sometimes oh, I was I like, nice. yeah, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna just make some assumptions that that guy's not from England. Yeah, the the thing that really got me was once I I was so proud of myself because I was like, oh yeah, like that dude's Russian, and then I run it like I go into the logbook, tap 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 tap, and then I'm like, oh yeah, it's and there's three, three? guys from Russia, and I'm like, ha, there were similarly four men from India, and I'm like, oh no. And a lot of dudes from China. And I was like, I don't know what to. And, you know, the game does explicitly say, like, it it will not always give you enough information and that you will have to do a lot of just, like, guesswork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, okay. Just like a okay. real detective. But, oh, the other really um, frustrating thing that I think we forgot to mention is that you only know that your answers are correct if you get three correct at a time. Yes. So it's in sets of three that it will finally, like. Not at a time, like, but just, like, Three of three, your well, yeah. three fates. So you yeah, have well, three, three yeah. yeah, fates. Like so, everything about like yeah. this person and how they died. And so, if you like, say you have like two, say you got that, and it writes itself in the logbook. But if you get like two out of three correct, like you don't know, mm-hmm. you won't know until you get a third and you one correct. Exactly, and that's so frustrating because for me, I'm like. I feel like I have two out of three, but me, I could be totally wrong. Could I have one out of three? <laughs> when you get that first three, it feels so good. It does. I think we have to move on from Return of the Obra Dinn, <laughs> no, so which cool. is a very good game, <laughs> which good I, I want to talk about forever. I, um, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend this game enough. It's twenty dollars and runs on PC and Mac, right? It ran. Mm-hmm. Did you guys play it on your Macs? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It runs on like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'd say this is a like, please play this game, y'all. This is so good. Yeah, definitely. All right, Allegra, you have been playing Tetris Effect. Yes. Um, yesterday. <laughs> yes, that's it. Move on. Good, good talk. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yesterday, I went home and my apartment was dark, which meant no one was there. And I was like, yeah, baby, <laughs> pants come off, sweatshirt goes on. Yeah. Grab my jar of peanut butter. It's great. Drinking my Parasecco. It was lovely. A classic then, millennial oh life. Oh, God, I thought you said Parasect. And it was like, got my PJs, my peanut butter sitting next to my Parasect. Got a Parasect. Um, and I was like, I can do whatever I want. No one is here. I don't know where anybody is. And I assume they're not coming back. Um, <laughs> which is the right assumption to make when you're alone. So I was like, I can do whatever with my lovely 55-inch 4K UHD TV. That you bought yourself. That I bought myself. So at first I watched a movie and I didn't like it. Let's not talk about it. And then I was like, I'm going to play some Tetris Effect. Because I'm alone and Tetris Effect looks great on that TV. And I never get the chance to play anything on my PS4. So I start up the adventure mode. Which thankfully some people had already played a bit of for me. So I just like jumped into wherever they left off. And I was just sitting there, like, enraptured for an hour or so or two hours, which is a lot for me because this week I was talking to some of the uh, other folks on the news team and the entertainment team and just kind of describing the sort of method I (laughs) – the method of my madness that you guys know about of, like, how I have to have multiple screens going at all times. Yes. And so that makes it really hard for me to play console games. But the only kind of – like, the only real genre of games that I can play – without like, you know, being distracted or needing something else to hold my attention is puzzle games. Mm-hmm. So Tetris Effect 1, the music is amazing. Two, it looks beautiful. And three, it's Tetris, which is just one of those like infuriating, engrossing games, you mm-hmm. know? So like it is a perfect combination of things that I already am very entranced by. And then 
you know, on my big screen TV, it looks so beautiful. And then Chelsea, we were talking, I think the other day of like, you can bring it even closer to the screen, like the board. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that and it just felt like a very like, Oh, did that make you happier to do that? Yeah, actually it did. It really did. I remember that you had told me, so I brought it even closer to the screen to like enlarge the board basically. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt sort of like nestled within this giant puzzle game that didn't make me feel like lonely or, you know, unfocused and in need of other stimuli, which is Mm -hmm. how literally everything else (laughs) makes me feel all the time. Um, like all I was focusing on was just sorting those blocks. And I haven't felt that way about a game in a while. Um, and I've played Tetris Effect before in VR and when you have the headset on, it's literally impossible to like focus on anything else. And so I thought that was a really awesome experience, but I don't have the PSVR because I got my TV, but that's all my money. It's all gone now, not getting VR. Um, so I just have my TV and usually I'm just like going for my phone and feeling really anxious. And it's like, oh God, I I feel trapped in like just my TV and there's nothing else going on. And I just have to pay attention to this one thing. But with this, it just felt like, you know, playing a puzzle game that I love on my phone that just is all consuming, but on my big TV in the dark. big beautiful TV. Yeah. So that was like actually very cool and sort of comforting experience. What was what was your favorite like level or aesthetic or sound effect? So where I got left off, um, or where I left off yesterday, this game is really hard, let me just say. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm on easy. I'm on <laughs> new too. I'm on I I made the mistake of playing it on normal and I literally can't finish the last level. Like it's really hard. Impossible. And when you hit like the halfway point of the lines and goes like it speeds up, I literally kept screaming you bastard, why do you think I want that? Why do you think I want that? I don't want that. So that kept happening. So the level I'm on is sort of like the city level. Oh, I love oh, that. that one's a good one. Yeah, with the orange blocks. And so every mm-hmm. time it kind of like fits in, it's like a little piano like riff. Yeah. And that is so cool because it's one of those things where like you have to land the block to get that little sequence of notes and then just keeps building on each other as you keep landing blocks in succession. And I just love the like whole look of that because it's like this dark, rainy cityscape. And then it's just like the little pianos are almost like really pretty planks of raindrops or Mm -hmm. something. Um, So just even that, like sitting in the dark, playing that particular level was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is so atmospheric in such a lovely way. I wish I could get there. (laughs) <laughs> I'm only there because I guess because I had a party while we're there and um, that people were playing it for me and then they got like further. So that's the only reason I'm that far even. But then you got further yourself. Yeah, not that much farther. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard. So here's my good. sad Tetris confession. Yes. Which is that I also have the Tetris effect and I cannot beat the first level. <laughs> Are you on easy? I don't remember. I might be on normal, okay. which is probably a mistake. <laughs> Wait, can you restart it on easy? Though? You can, but then this is what I found kind of annoying is like, man, mm-hmm. maybe I could just play one of these middle levels on normal or easy instead of normal. And it's like, nope, you have to start the whole sequence again if you want to play it on a different difficulty. Well, that would be fine for me She's since I haven't even been on the first level. You have to unlock the all of the adventure mode before you can play individual stages then? I, well, you you play them in those sets, right, of three? Yeah, but isn't there another uh, mode that's mm. not necessarily, like, the journey mode? There's endless. There's a bunch of other modes. I just haven't yeah. played with those because I'm like, okay. I want to beat this fucking yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I played it last night, the final level, and I just played so often. And I got the final level's 90 lines instead of 36. <gasps> oh, God. And the last speed is, like, 14. And I'm like, no! I, just can't. I got to 83 lines out of 90 last night, and then it was just like... Oh, I can't wait, and then you lost. And then I lost. Oh my god, that's yeah. awful. Simone, you should play on easy. It's still hard on easy though. God. It's still you should yeah, just reset because also this even the first level has one of my favorite songs too. Jeff is Jeff says he's writing a like Tetris Effect beginner's guide. I would, and I hope it's a beginner's guide for five year old children because I need it. <laughs> I'm so bad at it, you guys. It's I also so imagine sad. you're just like screaming and cursing and throwing your controller because <laughs> you get very competitive with these things. I actually, it 
it didn't get me revved up like Puyo Puyo does. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was pretty calm about it. I did get very a bit frustrated, mm-hmm. um, but there was no screaming. There okay. was no repetitive mumbling swears, <laughs> as as there were when I played Puyo Puyo with you when I became possessed by a demon. It was very scary. Who had a very naughty mouth, a naughty mouth <laughs> demon. <laughs> I will never play a puzzle game with you again. <laughs> the only field thing that I'm starting to get a handle of and I'm getting excited is the ability to like continuously rotate the pieces as they're falling really fast so that mm. you can just like kind of slam. How? You just keep pressing that right button over and over and while it's it's like. Sometimes I rotate them when I don't want to rotate them mm. and then bad things happen. And sometimes I make them drop fast when I don't want oh, them I do to that. drop fast. Mm-hmm. I did that a lot and it's really bad. It's really bad. Especially at the top. Like, oh, yeah. If you're at the top, it's like, myself. well, I better quit. Yeah. Yeah. I Might as well die. Guess <laughs> I'll just die. Mm-hmm. I really want to get into it because it looks so good. And everyone loves it. Yeah. And I want to be focused on a good, nice thing that isn't Zelda for hours and hours and hours. But try it again on easy. And then let's also bug Jeff to get that guide up. Please. I want it to. Just have Jeff. Just like Jeff needs to do Tetris coaching. I will not pay him, but I will ask him to do it for free. What are your beginner tips, Chelsea? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just saying like that was the one thing where I was like, okay, continue to like try to spin pieces like after they've fallen, so you can like fall in. So you can kind of, if you have like a long piece, you can even like get it all the way to the one one side or the other. And also, just try to remember to use the to bank long pieces, especially. Like mm-hmm. use your bank. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like the best addition I've seen. The fact that you can save a piece okay. instead of oh, using yeah. it. Oh yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> I think it's L one. Yeah, it's oh. save. It's the either of the Let's front bumpers. Mm-hmm. Is that Dang it. is that different from like swapping out one piece for the next piece? Well, you're not you're not swapping it for the next. You're putting that piece in your bank and getting the piece oh. from your bank. But you can only you can't like then swap them again. You can only swap once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. I that is see. my that is my tip because that way you could save stuff, especially like putting a square in there is really good, and then use it as soon putting as you a square in there. Put a square. <laughs> put a bo- put a square on it. Put a square on it. But put a square it? on it. I don't know the names of the pieces, but you can then as soon as you like have a place for that square, toss it down so that way you won't. Have another situation where you're like, oh my god, I gotta get from my bank. Oh, it's a square. I'm fucked. I, uh, so I, <laughs> I recently discovered over the weekend that those Tetris pieces are called tetraminos. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What? I just said that. That sounds like if 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 fucking. Fucking Totinos, you know, did a did a spinoff or something? And no, 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 no. It's that mixed with that dude at the sports bar. You see, like, hey, Tetramino, like Ned Flanders and Totinos had a baby, and it went to college, and then went to a sports bar, and like to reject its father, Flanders, and, and, and just became, like, finger a raging guns. alcoholic, finger guns, Holy Tetramino. Shit. How was, you doing? I was thinking it could be like a. A really low scale like Italian restaurant yeah. run by a family and like everyone is wearing like stained white shirts and like little aprons and everyone there is like the Tetramino family and then yeah. you come in and they're like hey yeah. Tetramino and then, and then you get the pizza and it's actually it's just frozen pizza that they reheated <laughs> it's no. like hey no <laughs> and the spaghetti is really mushy oh yeah. no it's uh, for free it's on the side and it's like Mushy and there's just old cold marinara <laughs> sauce. Like, I know you what didn't order it. What kind of horrible but... Italian restaurants do you go to? Tetramino spaghetti. We just threw it in as a side because we made it and it was gross. <laughs> Deformed bread roll turned into breadstick. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh god. All right. Coming up next to help inspire your holiday gift giving, we have a very special advertiser message from Lego. Check it out. This is the story of how a single childhood gift sparked a lifetime of creativity. It began with those tiny, colorful bricks that we're all familiar with. Once I started building with Lego, it really clicked with my brain. It really is this versatile medium of creation. That's Grant Davis and Jason Alleman. They work together on this year's winning concept for Lego Ideas, 
a platform for fans to showcase builds and possibly have them manufactured by the company. They created a workable pop-up book that tells the stories of Jack and the Beanstalk and Little Red Riding Hood, complete with a 3D grandmother's cottage and a telescoping beanstalk. I can't remember a time when I didn't want to make a Lego pop-up book. When he posted one of his prototypes, as soon as I watched that video, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Like a lot of us, Grant and Jason got Lego sets as kids, and those early gifts continue to influence them to this day. So the first ever set I got as a gift was this little temple in the jungle, and there was a, a mean lion. The first Technic forklift. It just blew my young mind that you could make these things that, like, gears that mesh together and a steering system that worked out of these like little plastic pieces. For the record, Grant builds and photographs intricate jungle-themed Lego worlds, and Jason creates kinetic Lego sculptures. They trace that back to those first childhood sets. And now, the pop-up book set that they collaborated on will inspire the next generation of Lego builders. When I think about the fact that some kid might get my set for Christmas, it makes me think that you know, I'm going to be influencing the next generation, providing them with the, the imagination and the initiative to start making their own things, their own stories. With Lego, every gift has a story. Start your story today at your local Lego store. Thank you so much for that message from our sponsor, Lego. To learn more, go to lego.build slash polygon. That is lego.build slash polygon. Or simply tap the link in the show notes to get started. All right, welcome back to the show. It is time to talk some cartoons. And I kind of regret starting with such a cheery intro, but because I think we're going to talk about SpongeBob, hmm. uh, whose creator, Steven Hillenberg, passed away this week from ALS. And Allegra, did you have something to say about SpongeBob and how it changed your damn life? Yes. Okay, thank you. That was really good. <laughs> doing the, the bit I did again. We're doing the bit again. Um, I right, mean, cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Welcome to the Polygon Show. I don't think it's like something... I mean, obviously, it's really sad that he died. He was 57. He worked at Nickelodeon for 25 years. Um, started on Rocco's, which is probably tied with SpongeBob as my favorite Nickelodeon show. Um, so that's really sad. But as Ashley and I... I think, well, we not discovered because we both reference SpongeBob on a regular basis today. And this whole week has been a good opportunity to sort of just talk about SpongeBob as if it were a thing to be memorialized now. Like SpongeBob obviously is still going on, but Hillenberg, both as creator and also showrunner for the first three seasons in the movie, was really responsible for setting the tone of the like beginning of the show. And I, I don't want to assume we're on the same page, Ashley, but I think we might be that after the first movie, it really went downhill extremely fast mm -hmm. because after the first movie is when Steven Hillenburg like left the day to day, mm -hmm. like he kind of resigned his post. So he's very much responsible for what we consider to be like the quality SpongeBob, which is what we've been discussing. And you just rewatched all of season one, right? Mm hmm. How was it? So good. Yeah. It's still really funny, actually. Um, there's a moment that I saw last night that, like, I just don't remember a lot of it, except for, you know, the key moments where we, Allegra and I will talk about it, but there's one where, like, Squidward is completely head-to-toe wrapped in bandages. He's in a wheelchair, and he can't really talk. <laughs> oh, God, okay, yeah. and you can only see his eyes, and, like, SpongeBob and Patrick are trying to take care of him, and Patrick's like, oh, you know what you need? You need some soup. And it's so nice, and he has this bowl of soup, and he's feeding him the soup, and he's like, oh, Wait, too hot, I'll blow on it. And he just blows this <laughs> scorching hot soup. And you hear a muffle like, <laughs> and like he does this like three more times. And I kind of was like, he is, this is like torture, really just horrible torture. And he's just steaming and SpongeBob's like, maybe we shouldn't do soup. Wait, is this the Firmly Grasp It episode? Yes. Okay, well, I was going to say the Firmly, hold on. That was, a, that was, a, that's my favorite moment where they try to take him jelly fishing and he's still in that wheelchair. And then he, Patrick comes over with the, the jelly fishing net. He's like, okay, step one, Firmly Grasp you know, the net and his hands are just bound in bandages and they're like two nubs. And then he puts it on his hand and it like falls off because Squidward can't hold anything. And then he goes, firmly grasp it. He takes it and he just 
pierces his whole oh, hand God. and it goes through on the other side and then like first you see Squidward's bloodshot eyes and then it cuts to like my favorite is it when it goes to like a different art style which is like this heavily almost like painted dramatic like like a painting and it just shows it and then it just cuts to it and it lingers on it and like last night I think I was like playing Pokemon I was like oh my god I can't believe this fucking show <laughs> and that's literally season one that's like, season one that's early. like the second episode <laughs> So good. Like SpongeBob was so. I compared it to. We did a really lovely piece on Polygon.com, collecting some of our moments and goofs like this. And I compared it to The Simpsons because it's like very smart and surreal and even a little disturbing, but also so witty and like broadly appealing that I feel like anyone can enjoy it. And like it doesn't matter how old you are. Like, we still love it and we've loved it since it came out. Like it's gonna mm-hmm. be 20 years old next year. Um, so that's most of our lives. I can just like talk about how, I mean that show along with Rocco, right? What they both have in mm-hmm. common is they both really masterfully do the whole like planting these nuggets of just super cynical commentary and adult life and like the boring and somewhat even depressing aspects and they're so funny mm-hmm. and stuff also stuff you won't notice as a kid at all yeah yeah i was reading a thread i think on reset era recently about the panty raid do you remember that oh i remember that yeah so there's this episode where uh, Mr. Krabs is sort of having a midlife crisis. And so he's like, I want to like do some fun young things. Who are the coolest young people I know? Which is also like in Arrested Development, but like <laughs> it's SpongeBob and Patrick. So he like hangs out with SpongeBob and Patrick on their night out, which is so lame. It's like them doing laundry yeah. <laughs> and riding one of those little like little like rides that you put a quarter in outside yeah. the super mechanical horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Writing that, and then though they're like, okay, are you ready for the panty raid? And Prister Krabs is like, the panty raid, what? And Patrick just keeps saying like, yes, the panty raid, which sounds like adult compared yeah. to the other things they're doing. And I remember even as a kid, I was like, ew, that's gross. But like, especially now as an adult, the raid, <laughs> the panties they end up raiding are Mr. Krabs's mom. <laughs> 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 on so many levels, especially because it seems like Spongebob and Patrick are doing this on a regular basis. <laughs> Just disgusting. And like now as an adult, I'm like, oh, there's there's so much problematic content about that. But it's still so funny to me. And like my appreciation of it has changed now as opposed to a kid. I was like, these boys are so stupid and gross. Ha ha. Um, and, and now you're like, these boys are problematic. These boys are problematic. Let me go to my Tumblr and discuss <laughs> about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I really love SpongeBob and Patrick and like all of those characters, and they've just always super resonated. Like they're just childlike in their own way. Plankton is Plankton's like my great. favorite. <laughs> yeah. He's I'm so, so unsurprised. He's so funny, though. He like, is. I think I didn't realize I loved him as much as like when I got just older. And he's just, you know, he's just trying, man. He's just trying to make a freaking living. And then he goes home to his robot wife who, like, doesn't even know what his job is. And he has that holographic meatloaf for dinner every night. And it just, it's sad, but I get it. Wait, this sounds like how my love for Marge Simpson has changed as I've gotten older. Like, you fucking relate to how much bullshit Marge puts up with. And you're like, what the fuck, really? Mm -hmm. And you just, like, Marge is sometimes like they I wish they'd always given her more but sometimes like the stuff that they give her is so freaking hilarious that you don't catch as a kid Marge is Mm -hmm. so good but I think that's a perfect point of like those kinds of characters when I was younger I you know didn't love Marge because she doesn't get the most fun Mm -hmm. bombastic stories because you're you're like oh you're kind of like the 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 nag nag. yeah and same with like Squidward and and Mrs. Puff and Mrs. Puff like I always thought that was just like oh whatever you know like she's sort of this (laughs) naggy teacher Mm -hmm. and then I saw actually the early episodes of Spongebob in boating school and like her as an instructor having to deal with Spongebob is awful like when so he you know notoriously 
he he always fails his driver's exam. He never passes. But like one time he's doing really well. But that's because Patrick is in his ear, like ha. giving him directions. Right. And then she's like, oh, it's not like, you know, you have an antenna. It's almost like you have someone in your ear. And he's just like, what? And then she keeps going like, oh, and next thing you know, you're going to say that someone's in a van nearby just telling you all the answers. But that would be cheating. And he's like, what? And then my favorite is he gets so upset. He's like, cheating, cheating, Mrs. Poe, I think I'm cheating. And he like freaks out. And she gets to a point where she's so done with him. She's like, SpongeBob, it's okay. I don't care. Just please like cross the finish line. SpongeBob, I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. He's like, no, I'm cheating. And he like goes everywhere but the line. She's like, please, SpongeBob. And like, I watched this again recently. I was like, oh, Mrs. Puff, I get it. Oh my God. And also, like, she's trying to just get him to pass. So she does that <laughs> test. That's, like, so easy. It's literally, like, wait, what, is, it was like, what, what I color? learned in boating school is. And he's just, like, shouting it because he he's, like, having such an anxiety attack. I think she even managed to be, like, what color, like, light do you have to, like, to, you know, no, what are the colors, like, of a stoplight? He's, like, uh Oh, she's like, you know this, please. <laughs> I just remember her saying, what I learned in boating school is blankety, blankety, blankety. And he just freaks out. The show's so good. Yeah, like she is so put upon. Squidward is just like anxiety personified and depression. And like these are definitely things that we could appreciate more as anxious, depressed adults, just like them. Good um, to know that life just keeps getting better. Yeah. It keeps getting better. Responsibilities are fun. Yeah. Yay. But even stupid stuff like the fun song are still really like catchy and fun. If I wanted to, because I guess I just, I don't know, because I was in high school when it came out and maybe I was watching less Nickelodeon, not saying that I was cool or anything, but because uh, <laughs> uh, that wasn't true. To be clear, I was not cool. To be, to be clear, clear, Chelsea was a big nerd and still is. Uh, I work at Polygon. What? <gasps> I mean, you work burned at Polygon? everyone in I this room. I love them. I love them so much. Wow. All right. That's where happening. if I should I just watch season one? Do you have any episode recommendations? Just all of them. Season one, two, three, all of the episodes. All of is it, them. Are they all on Hulu? There are only I think the first two seasons are on. Prime, Amazon Prime oh, okay. video. Is season three not? I don't think it is. I think they only have the two. Season three is the best season. Two. Okay, well, give me your VHS tapes or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I God. wish. Yeah, um, but definitely watch at least one and two, and then we'll figure yeah. out three for you, because that has Chocolate Nuts, has Krusty Krab Training Video. Just, rock Bottom? Noodle. Rock Bottom season one, so good. God, Rock Bottom. Um, is so creepy. It's it so matter. disturbing. We, we got, yeah, we, we got to talk about another cartoon show. I don't want to hijack it, but we will. Oh, Allegra and I will make a SpongeBob spectacular episode someday. Well, I mean, should we ask for SpongeBob memory emails? Oh, they might all be the same. Yes, I want those. Okay. Also, tweet them at us. Mm. All right. Tweet us your SpongeBob memories at Polygon Show, or you can send them to polygonshow at polygon.com. <laughs> now, the other cartoon that th- we, uh, we watched this week, minus Chelsea. Sorry, Chelsea. I'm so, sorry, Chelsea. It's okay. It's just solving a mystery. Yes. You were <laughs> absorbed. You it's were true. saving lives. Well, not really, because they, <laughs> they were all dead. They're, they're all dead. fucking dead. <laughs> anyway, she which Allegra and Ashley watched after my recommendations last week. And Ashley is enjoying it, and Allegra is not enjoying it, <laughs> which is the opposite of what I thought would happen. I'm so sad. I'm stunned. I am shocked. Um, I want to hear what Ashley likes, and then I can I want to hear what you don't Should like. Should I be you. the downer, then? I'm happy to be. Yeah, be so. the downer. Because I, th- I feel like <laughs> I'll probably agree with a lot of your critiques. Yeah. But Me too. Yeah. Um, so but I can get over it. <laughs> I'm on episode six, I think. Six oh, or I think seven? I am too. Yeah, perfect. Maybe. Yeah, I just watched the one with the <laughs> sea captain, Seahawk. Seahawk. So <laughs> who I love. I love Catra, which I thought I would, and I like her friendship with Adora. However, I think that the pacing is very, very slow, which is sort of weird because even though it's a Netflix show, so I assume. Like, it was built. I, I'm pretty sure it was made for Netflix. So, like, Netflix is often built around, like, just marathon it. It feels episodic, but only after the buildup. And the buildup just felt so long and so slow to me. Like, I feel as though I'm only just getting to, like, okay, people understand each other. Relationships have been forged. I understand, like, 
where Adora fits into the out of the horde context. Mm-hmm. Um, like the whole tension between, oh, she's from the evil people, but she wants to be good. I felt like that was just like, I don't know. It was still like, I don't know what to do. Am I evil or am I good? I felt like that sort of thing just kept being a back and forth for a very long time in a way that wasn't especially interesting to me. And so I just felt like it took a very long time to kind of understand who Adora is and like get her to a place where she's like confident enough to have a more concrete character versus um, and same with like Glimmer and mm-hmm. pretty much anyone other than Catra, which was especially disappointing because the other character I felt like an immediate connection with other than Catra was Bo, who's the only like male recurring character. And something I thought that was like really cool about Shira was that it's mostly female characters and like diverse shapes and colors and all that. Mm-hmm. And so for me to pretty much not care about any of the women except Catra. Um, and then only like the one guy character felt disappointing. Off brand for you. Yeah, right? Like yeah. that's, I usually hate all the guys. Um, but Bo is so funny and cute. I and, love Bo. Right? And I like, I can't stand Glimmer. I think she's so boring. And Adora, I'm just like, I don't know who you are. So it's just like, mm-hmm. for me, when Catra shows up, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. But everything else, it's like, is this a comedy about people I don't care about? Is this an action show featuring people I don't care about? <laughs> like, what is it? Um, but now I'm getting to the point where it feels a little more episodic in, like, a goofy way, mm-hmm. especially with Seahawk and, again, another man character. So all the men are funny. Um, <laughs> and that moment with the horse was very good. So thank I feel you. like that's the tone. <gasps> Why did you. you say Great thank you on that as if you were the horse? I did it. I was the horse. You were the horse the whole time. I was the horse in that one. <laughs> I actually wrote that scene. So that no, one pretty much did had nothing actually. to do with Shira. Like that one made me actually laugh. And then, um, so I think that tone of it, mm-hmm. I would really like, like the goofier side. Yeah. But the more serious kind of action-y drama stuff just doesn't land with me at all in the same mm-hmm. way that Avatar or Korra did. So obviously I'm only on episode six and so that means there's seven episodes left. And you're almost at Princess Prom. I'm excited for Princess Prom. But I think if it like leaned a bit more into that goofiness so yeah. like I'd be more down for that. That's so. interesting. That's almost like a reverse of my critique of Dragon Prince season one mm-hmm. where it's just too much. I, I So I do, I do partially agree with you because I think episode three and four, um, three where she meets Raz, the old woman, and then four with um, Perfumia, the, one of the prin- other princesses. I think those are the two weakest episodes in the yeah, whole series, so especially boring. the Perfumia one. That's one of the ones where the animation goes a little off. Um, That's my other thing. The animation's bad. <laughs> it's not bad all the time. Yeah. It's just bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's enough. You, I mean, like. Why would you put it's a streaming thing and with so many other options? Like why put out like in the it's first not that bad? It's not IMO. it's not terrible. It's not that bad. But you both like, mentioned it. <laughs> it's like the quality in those episodes is noticeably different than like yeah. the higher quality stuff, but like that is not good. Did they <laughs> yeah. just did Netflix just assume that by I the time have no idea. I'm I know, I'm sorry to <laughs> extrapolate, but it's just annoying to me that it's like you would spend all this money on something like this, like mm-hmm. get it get it all the way right because yeah like commit to it yeah yeah and i do also agree that i think glimmer's character arc suffers a lot in the beginning and i've i've been chewing on this for all like ever since i saw it because it's hard to part of the problem with her character is that the behavior she is exhibiting are ones that are really difficult to critique without like resorting like falling back on language that is often used to critique women characters but like she's very uh, she is very bossy and shrill with her friends and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using those words specifically as words that like I try not to attribute to women characters because yeah. they're so often misused but to me it was like not that she's mistrusting Adora at the beginning because of course she mistrusts Adora Adora's a horde soldier but the way that she treats Bo in those first two episodes she's very short with him and it's hard to it was hard for me to kind of understand like oh yeah these guys have been friends forever and they love each other when he treated her great and she treated him very badly and that yeah. was, that was kind of annoying to me but that was one of the things that i kind of just 
worked through yeah. because well, I do love Adora and I do think that Adora has a, a well-drawn character and I think she's very funny. So I disagree with you there. <laughs> I mean, I hope, I feel like we're getting to that mm-hmm. point now. Like after Because she settles that, that problem at the end of episode three about which side she's on. Yeah. So I think now, and like episode four was not good. So like I think now that bad. I'm getting out of that yeah. part, I'll maybe start to like her a bit more, especially mm-hmm. because I like Catra and I like their relationship. Yeah, it's um, good. Here for Catra Dora, here for <laughs> Coffredora, which is my name for Simone. And oh Adora. no! Um, oh no! <laughs> but just like where I am now, like up to this point, I was just like, I don't well, know. I don't care for you. So uh, my opinion about Glimmer actually is a little bit different in that. Yeah, um, I that. think. I, so yeah, like starting out, she's certainly not like. You're right. I think it, part of it, like her arc or whatever, is a little bit boring, at least from what I've seen already. But I think I viewed her less as, say, like, I do understand what you're saying about her kind of being, like, bossy. But to me, I attribute it as, like, she is still essentially a child. Mm-hmm. She's more of a child than a teenager or an adult. So, like, these attributes that seem difficult, I think, are just, like, they're inherent in her character and I'm sure like because these are so um, kind of like presented to you so strongly in the beginning I mean it certainly is like leading you somewhere of like yeah she's gonna go on a personal journey and I think it's also like look her mother is like the fucking queen mm-hmm. so True. she is sort of she is a spoiled brat she is gonna be a little bit bossy and a little bit you know like a lot to deal with sometimes mm-hmm. and like with her being stubborn and not um you know, really trusting Adora in the beginning when it could have saved all of their lives. You know, I I read that more of as like sort of this childish, you know, like how children can be stubborn about mm-hmm. something yeah. um, and just like not letting that go. And I think like it's less about her being like, oh, the spoiled, prideful bitch. And it's like, no, she's just she's a child and she's stubborn and she wants she wants to be significant. She wants to play a role. She wants to fight. She wants to like, you know, stand out. And I think like for especially like an enemy soldier to all of a sudden assume all this power Mm. is threatening to her. So, you know, she might not always act in, you know, a way that's as amenable as like Boas, who is nice to everybody and a wonderful person. But like, I also understand that of Glimmer. So which is why I feel like a little bit more forgiving of her as a character. Um, That makes a lot of sense, actually. With with Catra. Oh, God, I briefly mentioned this to you, Simone. Um, With Catra, Jesus Christ. I, the pain, you know, (laughs) I understand her pain and I understand her, I feel like so deeply, like the way you described her earlier, Simone was perfect in that she has this chip on her shoulder. She is, you know, look at this, like she has her and her best friend and she says something really poignant to Adora. I mean, this isn't really a spoiler. You said it like, she was like, look, like at one point Adora's like, how did you like they're all evil like oh my god like we've been brainwashed the whole time and Catra's just like duh of course they're evil like you think I didn't know that and she's like and she's like I don't care about that I care about you and me we have each other so like who cares about what they're doing like I have you and you have me. And then like, I think, um, and I don't know if they address this later. The one critique I actually did out of the show was that I almost feel like the opposite of what you said, Allegra, and that like, it almost felt like the pacing was so quick. Like Adora made this very fast, huge lifestyle change. But like, you know, at the same time, I had to remind myself like, look, this is an adaptation of an older show. So I can't necessarily critique like, oh, well, she just kind of goes on this without reason. It's like, look, this is a classic show about like a heroine coming into her age and her power and all of this stuff. But, you know, I think the few conversations she has with Catra, like right after she leaves, I I was left kind of feeling like there should have been more. Like she didn't really say anything. She was like, I'm not gonna go back there. Like that's all Adora keeps saying of like, I'm not gonna go back there, which, okay, understand but to me I think I saw it so much from Catra's point of view of like at one point Catra says like this is what you threw me away for of like princesses and glitter and like I feel that so hard of like feeling like you're completely cast aside like nothing Mm -hmm. like everything that went on between you two you had such a strong relationship and it's like 
you're going to throw that away like it was nothing. And it's insulting and it's deeply hurting. And it like, it's not just like, oh, Catra's, you know, jealous. It's like, sure, there is that. But I think like there's one animation or in particular Allegra in that episode with Seahawk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They sort of, I was surprised that Netflix kind of played it off as this kind of comical moment but to me it was really sad because it was after Adora and Catra had this like brief meeting Catra gets like thrown into the water or whatever right and everyone's like on this floating platform Shira saves the day the gate's fixed but you see Catra in the water looking up and she is watching Adora being hugged by like two of her other friends and they're all smiling they're all hugging each other and then I think like they they cut back to Catra's face and she you know sort of does this almost like cat in the water like and she's being dragged away by her you know other colleague or whatever colleague (laughs) (laughs) woman with claws um (laughs) clawing my evil okay I'm sorry (laughs) but like I I saw I saw that moment um actually twice and both times it kind of made me tear up because like I understand how painful that is to watch Mm -hmm. somebody you used to share this intense relationship and now they suddenly have this new family and you're you're nothing. She's not mm-hmm. even looking at you. You're watching them like mm-hmm. celebrate this wonderful friendship and they're like, oh, we're best friends now. And it's like, you two grew up together. And like, that's all you have to say to her is I won't go back there. Like, what about her? I feel like that's so flimsy of Adora to be like, well, you can come with me. And I'm just like, that's it. That's all you're going to offer your best friend. Like it's and I think that make, that makes so much sense because Katra in all her years being part of the evil horde, like she's only ever connected with Adora. Yeah. Of course it doesn't make sense to her that she could leave and have these new friends that Adora has because nobody's ever liked her. Mm-hmm. Like how how could it could be that easy for her she's because also it's never like, been easy. Clearly threatened with like intense violence and yeah. torture if she like time. doesn't do it. Yeah. So I think yeah. the way your take on the Catra Adora relationship and just Catra in general is like perfect. And I think that's exactly how I feel too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of my resistance uh, toward Adora. Yeah. For sure. Because like I enjoy watching her like yeah. enjoy like all of these cool new things like good food. Princess bed. Or like, and yeah, like a bed. Finding or like, out what horses. Or like how to, where to shower. Like you yeah. can take a bath. Like all of this stuff. And like, that's cute and all, but I feel like other than that, she's just like, I don't know, I turn into a princess and sometimes it works. Which look, admittedly, that transformation sequence is beautiful mm-hmm. and I think about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when her thighs get big. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so cool you it, to see her outline just getting bigger because she's so buff. That's true. She does like get like and she gets tall. Right? She gets really yeah. tall. Yeah, it's like so classic magical girl. So yeah, good, I but, love that they yeah. did like it was almost like that trademark Sailor Moon thing where the gem shining on the tiara at the yeah. end. I was like, this is taken from Sailor Moon. Yeah, it's beautiful. But it's like it has that wrench thrown in, and I'm trying to think of a comparison because I know it's been in other series but I can't think of one of like there is that good and evil like gray area like I think that Adora somehow represents like this very black white notion of like good I mm-hmm. am Shira and Shira is good mm-hmm. and therefore Katra is bad I mean it's literally called the evil horde and so like mm-hmm. she is on the bad side and I think the show at least to the point we're at like the scene you described of Katra mm-hmm. just being in the water hauled off can be played for laughs because it's like still part of this binary even though from the beginning we know actually they have this really great friendship and like Mm -hmm. the evil horde actually is more gray especially as Adora like said in the beginning like you know they raised me I can't just I wouldn't describe them them as gray I would describe (laughs) Catra as like amoral but we also have to wrap up the show so perhaps you're wrong let's move on (laughs) time for we will we have to wrap up the show so we can go to our our Shira podcast and our Spongebob podcast we have a lot of spinoff podcasts in the works Oh, God. Thank you for listening, Chelsea. No, I, I want to watch the show now, so maybe I will. Yay. You watch Shira, and I I'll play Oberdin. Yeah. Yay. And we'll all discourse. watch SpongeBob. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, go ahead and leave a five star, five star, any rating that you want on no. Apple Podcasts. No, nope. only okay. five star. Why only would five. You say? <laughs> 
Okay, only five. I'm sorry, I've been reprimanded. I've been punished. Only five reviews. And I'll be punished again. Any more you reviews than five, review. and we will delete them. If yep. you listen, you have if to leave five we'll get reviews. Tim if you do not, if you something less than five, and we have to punish Simone. <laughs> oh man! Wow! It's blackmail. Like Catra all over again. Oh no! Okay, thank you so much. If you have an email to send to us, you can send it to Polygon Show at Polygon. Dot com and of course share the show with your friends hear what they have to say and run over it thank you so much everyone this has been polygon show <laughs> <laughs>